You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Dr. Michelle at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer. I'm so glad you're joining us again here today, dads, because you know this is a place where my heart desire is to equip you with more tools for your fathering toolbox so that you can be the father you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. And everything we talk about here also applies to your sons. Well, you know the grid. On your mark, get set, go. So dads, picture yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach, cheering you on and saying, on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set, filling that in with stories and stats, and always ending with an action step, a go step, so that you can put your love for your kids into action. Well, today I've got a couple guest coaches joining me. I am telling you, this is going to be a special time together. I have Ann Byler and Jonas Byler, her husband, and you may not know that you've heard of her, but she is the founder of Auntie Anne's Pretzels. Okay, do I hear an amen, man? You're wishing you had one right now, the world's largest pretzel franchise. Anne's journey towards success began many years before she rolled the first pretzel, I guess you could say, when she and her husband Jonas experienced every parent's worst nightmare, losing a child. The truth is, Anne is among an elite group of women who have overcome in in their lives, and she has a passion to lead women to overcome the pain, blame, and shame of their past. Anne is among an elite group of women who have founded American national companies and an even smaller group who have owned international franchises. She was named one of America's 500 Women Entrepreneurs by Working Women and Entrepreneur of the Year magazine. She's also in a really beautiful time of her life where Called Higher Studios is turning her story into a movie, so we can all look forward to that. Well, today, like I said, she is joined by her husband of 53 years. His name is Jonas, and they are going to be talking about how to overcome and lead. Welcome, Anne and Jonas. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks for having us on the podcast. This is uh, terrific. Looking forward to this time together. And you are the parents of three daughters. Correct. One, as I just read, is in heaven. That's right. And two daughters. So we want to learn from the two of you about how you can raise world-changing daughters. So today, if you are a dad on your mark who wants to raise a world-changing daughter and you're ready to see how to do that with passion and power, you are going to love this because I've titled this show, How Dads Can Lead Their Daughters to Be Overcomers. So now let's begin the conversation. Of course, I've got to talk to you both. Take us back to the beginning. How did this whole globally recognized franchise start and give us the backstory? Well, the backstory is uh, is uh, we grew up in Amish uh, the community in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up as a, the one of eight kids, one mom and one dad, and our parents taught us uh, to love God, to, to be family, to be, it's all about community. And so going to church every Sunday, learning the Bible stories, learning about the Word of God was uh, our life. And um, so I decided as a very young girl that I'm going to be a good girl. Uh, I wanted to serve God, and I wanted to please my parents. 
I wanted to grow up to be a wife and a mother and have my very own family, just like my mom and dad did. And so that's pretty much the dream of, uh, I would say, every Amish and Amish Mennonite girl in Lancaster County or even uh, wherever they're located. Um, so I had no aspirations to do a career. I mean, I didn't even know what the career the word career was never mentioned in our family. Oh. Um, we grew up in the, the culture where you go through eighth grade and then you help mom and dad on the farm mm -hmm. or you go to work, you find a job and you help people. So I'm not ashamed of that, but both of us have a, we graduated from the eighth grade yes. and um, <laughs> here we are. And you know, I feel like that, you know, our example I, I, is, is really outside the box. And, you know, we can use all kinds of uh, excuses and reasons as to why we can't do this or we can't do that because of all these reasons. But that's yeah. the box that the world has created for us. I believe that uh, God lives outside of the box. And Come on, so girl, we you preach it. never yeah. <laughs> uh, even thought about, oh, we don't have an education. We had no, um, no capital. We had no business plan. Mm -hmm. um, so we didn't know that. So we were outside the box, and God brought the opportunity of Aunt Anne's uh, after all of the brokenness in our lives and in our marriage. And so I don't know if you want me to go into that right sure, now. Sure, both of you. Yes, yeah, so, um, so life was good. And uh, I, I, I knew that if I was a good girl, kept all the Ten Commandments faithfully, did everything just right, that I knew that God would be pleased with me, and that was really important for me. And so I set out to, to be good, and, to, and I found Christ at the age of 12, and that, was, that, that, that really sealed the deal. I, I'm going right. to be a good girl. And uh, Jonas and I started dating when I was 16, and we got married when I was 19. He was 21. I was ready to be married. I yes. mean, my parents role modeled. They taught us how to be... Uh, wives and mothers through role modeling in our homes and so I couldn't wait for the day when I could marry Jonas and I, I felt like I, I hit the jackpot that day my <laughs> my bucket list was I want a tall dark and a handsome man I want someone that loves God I want I want an Amish yes. guy that knows how to work and make a living and so Jonas fit the bill and after three and a half years we uh, got married and uh, we were happy, happily married, and we ended up with two children and seven within the first seven years. And um, so being good and being raised in the church and just uh, living a full life, we were youth pastors at that time, and uh, we were actually ready to win the world for Christ. We, yeah. we just really thought we were on the path to be missionaries to wherever God would send us or, or just stay home and do our thing, you know? Um, but little did we know what, what was in our future. And that was uh, once, one uh, Monday morning, um, our sweet uh, Angela Joy, who was our 19-month-old little girl, mm. uh, we lived in a double-wide trailer on my mom and dad's farm. And uh, Angie would always go up to my mom's house for her second breakfast. And uh, it was in the country, and we had a little lane that went up there. So it was very safe. But between our house and our trailer and my mom's house, uh, my dad had a stonemason business, and my sister drove the bobcat every morning, loading and unloading sand. And that particular morning, um, she did not see Angie, and uh, she, she backed to the bobcat up and then moved it forward. When she moved forward, she saw Angie's lifeless body at the front of the bobcat. Wow. I'm so sorry. So tragedy and trauma were never prepared for that. No way you could no, prepare for that. you cannot. So you hear about it on the news, in your community, in the, wherever, right. you, you know, and it's, it's tragic, but when it, when, when it hits you, when it's your turn, or when it happens to you, um, I can speak for myself, we were not prepared because we believed that we were 
living a good life and yes. that God was blessing us. And, and so then my question and his question became, why God? And uh, it's, it's an age old question. I mean, it's, yes. we, that, why me? Why me? Why, why God? did God let this happen to me? Yeah. And so anyway, that became my, so as Angie made her ascent into heaven, that in a split second, she was with Jesus. She That's a beautiful thought. 19 months old. 19 months. Yes, yes. In a split second. In a split second. The, the comfort and the yeah. thought of that, you know, did not override that day, you know, but right. as time has gone on, yes. I'm, I'm, I should say, thrilled that mm-hmm. I have a daughter in heaven. It's, it's a privilege as a mother to yes. have a daughter in heaven. Right but, there but, along the others in Hebrews 11. Absolutely. Standing here cheering her mom and cheering dad Cheering us on. on. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but I wasn't able to say that for at least 35 years. Okay. I mean, wow. so it took a while to get to that point. So she made her ascent into heaven. I began my gradual descent into a world of spiritual confusion and emotional pain, uh, not understanding. And Jonas and I began to drift apart. We, had, we were a happy couple. Which happens a lot, doesn't Absolutely. it, after the death of a child? Yeah. Absolutely. And the stats at that time, or we knew during that time, that 95% of couples that lose a toddler... Uh, end up in divorce. So we didn't know that then, right. but as we've understand what uh-huh. happened and, and the, how tragic it is and the amount of couples that actually divorce after the loss yes. of a yeah. child. Um, so knowing nothing about any of this, we didn't have a grief share group or we didn't, have, we didn't talk about it. Uh-huh. Jonas and I didn't have the vocabulary to talk about our grief. We didn't, I mean, I would never have asked him so how are you feeling today, dear? Uh, that, that would yeah. never have... Didn't even cross your mind. Never crossed our mind. No. And I, I hope I, dad's listening right now yeah. or hearing that that is a very important question it, to ask. Absolutely. Your sons and your daughters, isn't it? What are you feeling today? Absolutely. About whatever it is that's about, going on. Thank you. Whatever. Yeah. Help teach your kids that it's okay to talk about how you feel. Whether and you're mad or to. sad or angry or you feel, whatever it is, teach your kids it's, it's okay. And you, the father, can, yes. can draw that out of them. And if, if you don't ask, they may not tell you. Exactly. Yeah. So That's asking right. it, right, Absolutely. is important. It's the responsibility of the father. And were your other two daughters, where were they at the, at the time, what ages? At the time, our uh, only other daughter was four years old, Luana. Okay. And then after Angie was killed, we had another baby a year later. And so obviously and this shaped your whole family dynamics and, and you're wishing looking back that you all probably even with your four-year-old daughter could have talked about feelings and oh, oh. what was going on on the inside. Absolutely. Years later, you know, we're still, um, it's, it's, it's still difficult at times to talk to uh, our daughters about how, how, uh-huh. how that was for them. Yes. It's, it's a lifelong change. But the other thing that happened then was after year, months of grieving and, and asking God to help me, to get me through, to give me victory, to help yeah. me not feel sad. I'm ashamed now. I'm feeling, I'm crying every day. Uh-huh. I'm feeling bad for feeling bad. I feel guilty for yes. like I should be overcoming. I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I need to be, I need to be, you know. And so I, I put the happy face on all the time and everybody thought that I was strong and courageous and overcoming. And inside I'm dying a little bit every day. Yes. Yes. You know, Dr. Richard Dobbins says, it, the tragedy is not in dying, but it's what dies inside of you while you live. Oh, that's perfect. And that's what happened to both of us. And um, so anyway, um, the grief of it, I finally went to see my pastor, um, who was a man that we trusted, and I sat with him for probably an hour, hour and a half, and I, I, I'm like, wow, I, I can talk about this if I'm in a 
place where I know that someone's listening and someone that cares about me. Yes. Um, and so for those, for that hour or so, and, but when I left his office, he took advantage of me. Okay. And um, I knew at the time that it was, that, that was not okay, but I didn't understand. I knew nothing you about. You were so sex- vulnerable. I knew nothing about sexual abuse. I knew nothing about abuse of spiritual power. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know anything about adultery or affairs. I mean, it, we were just in our world. Yes. Of, living an okay life, you know, and uh-huh. serving God. And so uh-huh. we didn't know any of that. But I knew when I left his office, mm-hmm. I made a choice that I'm never telling anyone what he did because I knew it was wrong, uh-huh. but I didn't know what to call it. And besides, what am I going to say or who would believe me? He's our pastor. And you loved him long ago not to talk. Absolutely. Yeah. You keep it inside. Absolutely. Hold it inside. Yes. My mom used this quote, little children love each other. Do not give each other pain. When one speaks to you in anger, do not answer them again. Oh, okay. So it's very, my mom, a dear, reinforced, conditioned. Dear mother, dear mom, she was eight kids. She was the best mom so in again, the world. So again, dads, hear what Anne is saying. You give your daughters a gift by continuing to ask them Absolutely. what's going on on the inside if you want to raise a daughter Absolutely. who is an overcomer. Amen. Otherwise, she's going to be a stuffer. That's she's right. She's not going to over. If you can't tell, it. you keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And the secrets will kill you. It'll kill you. Because I, too, am a, a sexual abuse survivor. Absolutely. And the freedom has come in exposing that. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. so it's really mm-hmm. a safeguard if you can yeah. teach your daughters how yes. to talk and, and to you. To, to you. you. you know, Be that safe place for them to land. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So being in this, uh, this moment took me then into, because I kept, I made a choice to keep a secret. And that kept me then in nearly seven years of abuse in every way uh-huh. by our pastor. And at the end of that seven years, Jesus was my secret keeper. Mm. <laughs> he kept my secret. Uh, nobody knew anything about it. I never told Jonas, never told my friends. At the end of that all, we realized that he was also uh, abusing um, my sisters and also oh our oldest daughter, which we didn't find out until many, many, many years later. Oh, um, so so this world of abuse became... Yes our world your world yet the unspoken words filled the atmosphere so to speak right our thoughts bring presence yes yes our thoughts bring presence so our presence was very sad very anxious um angry confused and that's the way we lived and it was loss after loss so you have the loss of it of a daughter but now you have loss of innocence loss of trust absolutely right and for me i don't know if it's different than you ann but you know, it, it, that abuse horizontally affected my relationship vertically oh. with God as a father, right? Got transposed. So it messes up way more than just your body. Back to the insides of you. What happens to you physically is minor compared to what happens to you emotionally and spiritually. Yes, yes. In fact, you know what I keep thinking of is, okay, this is really crazy, but I'm just going to say it because it's come to my mind a couple times. But the pretzels you make are crunchy on the outside and soft on the inside. It's like a metaphor of your story that you you had to put on kind of a hard shell, but on the inside where you were soft, you were broken and hurting. Have you ever thought of your pretzels being a metaphor of your life? Yes. That's great. Okay, there you yes. go. Okay, you couldn't miss that one. That's right. But it's so true. Yes. So true. And then there's beauty in how it all comes together. Absolutely. God is such an amazing God. Okay, keep going with your story. So during that time, you know, I love God, but I didn't trust him. 
And at the end of the seven years, um, my, my go-to was bedside, I call it bedside prayers. And me and Jesus, we had a good thing going. He always heard me. He always loved me. He always um, forgave me for everything that I ever did wrong. And as I was, uh, but the, the deeper, the longer I was um, involved in the, the darker it got. And when you find yourself going into the dark world, Satan is happy to give you the tools to get around. And I'm in this dark world and I have the tools, I'm surviving there with the tools that he, he gave me. Which were? Well, the tools of deception and, and lying and- Believing uh, the lies absolutely. Yeah, about yourself. Believing all the lies yes. that he I know. tells you. I've been there, I feel you, <laughs> yeah. He gives you, and you believe the lies because you, you, you don't see truth in darkness. You, you never yeah. see truth in darkness. Right. And so at the end of all of that, at one point, God just was very clear with me, go tell Jonas what's going on in your life. I didn't, I didn't want to tell the Jonas. The one person you didn't want to tell. No, no, I didn't yeah. want to tell Jonas because I had survived seven yes. years now. And so I did not want to tell him. Uh-huh. And, but I did. I found the courage. I was a shell at that time. I, I weighed 90 pounds. There was nothing. Uh-huh. I had nothing to give. I was still wife yeah. and, and mother. But I had isolated myself alone. We die connected. We live. I was isolated mm-hmm. alone emotionally, but still living the life where no one knew. Yes. And going to church, being a wife, being a mom, just doing all the And it just stuff. sounds like shame was all over you. Uh, my shame was, I said, I got up every morning and yeah. put my cloak of shame on because I had to. Yes. It was my protection now. Uh-huh. It became my protection. Familiar. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable there. So men, listen, there are so many of you who have daughters who are in similar places as Anne and I, and they don't know how to talk to you, Mm-mm. but they are wearing a mantle of shame. Mm-hmm. And dads, you've got to listen because you play a key role in letting your daughter have you partner with her as you partner with the Trinity for that mantle of shame mm-hmm. to come off. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break here just for a minute. And Anne, there's so much more I want to hear of your story. And when you come back, we're going to keep it going. Excellent. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm so honored to have Ann Byler here with her husband, Jonas. Let's continue the story because I want to even hear through all of this darkness, how the Lord met you in it and even how your dad supported you or if he didn't and Jonas as well. 
Keep going. Yeah. So my dad was a hardworking uh, farmer and um, he loved his kids deeply. And I knew that, but he never told me he loved me. It wasn't what you did. And, but I, I don't feel cheated because I knew he cared about me because uh-huh. he worked hard. He provided for us. He took his, he did all the right things. Um, but, but during my years of abuse, my dad knew nothing about it, obviously, because I didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. But just before he passed away, he was 63 when he passed away, I had just gotten out of this relationship. And my dad and I went out for coffee that day. And um, he mentioned something about the pastor and let me know that he knows. And but even then, we didn't know how to talk about it. but that day, I felt a connection with my dad, because mm-hmm. he knew when to come in. He knew when to come into my life. He knew it wasn't okay in, uh-huh. in my darkness. He, there was nothing he could do or say to me, but I knew that he cared about me. But that day, um, I felt a reconnection with my dad without saying, again, a whole uh-huh. lot. But I knew that he knew, and he told me that day for the very first time in my life, he told me he loved me. And about a week later, wow. uh, my dad passed away. So oh, the gift he gave you that day, it, it was unforgettable. Still there. It's, I it's, can it's feel still it. there. It's still yes. there. Yes. I don't feel cheated by my father at all. Right. But, but that moment was very important to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful we had that yes. time to, yes. to communicate and connect in a way like we had never done in our entire life. Well, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I would love to hear what it was like when you told Jonas. Okay, um, so I, I gathered all the little little bit of courage that I had. It was about as big as a a little cotton ball, maybe. I'm not sure. It was so small. It felt like it wasn't going to be enough because I really wanted to be a wife and a mother. And still, I wanted my family. But I knew that Jonas would divorce me. I mean, because that was the lie I believed. Right. And that's also what my perpetrator would tell me. Okay. That, you know, he wouldn't, he would leave me if I told him. And I believe that 100%. So when yeah. God just said, get up off your knees and tell Jonas, I, I mustered up a little bit of courage. And I went to his body shop in my little blue pickup truck. And in two sentences, I confessed to him what was going on in my life. Uh-huh. And I couldn't bear to look at his face we didn't exchange any communication, no verbal exchange. I just said what I needed to do, confess to him. And I turned and walked away because I couldn't bear the look on his face. And I knew when I left that he was going to come home and tell me that, you know, it was over. And so I waited all day. And that evening as we met, um, the girls were in bed. And he said to me, um, I know that you've been unhappy and I want you to be happy. Yeah. So please don't leave a note on the dresser in the middle of the night and leave. But if you feel like you need to leave, let me know. And we'll, I'll help you pack your bags. And I'll help you find a place oh. to go to. But, I, but you need to take the girls with you. Because they need their mother. They need their mother. And that moment. That was agape love. That was a moment. Sacrificial. And I, I couldn't believe that he believed yes. in, he still yes. believed in me. Yes. So I want him to tell you about how, how God dealt with you that day. When she, when she left my office at work, I was stripped of my masculinity, spirituality, self-esteem. Uh, my family was gone. Uh, at least that's what I thought. Uh, you know, she says the worst day of her life was when we lost a child. The worst day of my life was when I thought we were losing the family. Yeah. So uh, in desperation, I called a gentleman that was in our church the two weeks before that 
talking about marriage and family. That's you know the more recent contact that I had, and he challenged me with two things. The first was, I don't want to set you up for false expectations and more failure. That's the last thing you need. But if your marriage has any chance of recovering, it's in this, and that is that you love your wife like Christ loves you. And if he'd have said, like Christ loves the church, I wouldn't have bought it because I felt like the church left me down. Uh But he said, like Christ loves you. So I went on a search. People ask me sometimes, well, what did you find out? How did you do that? I'm still on that journey. Okay. But I decided to love my wife and love my children the way Christ loves me and be that conduit. Yes. And it was a journey. It changed my life, changed who I am. I just want to encourage fathers to love their children, love their, your, really your first responsibility is to love God, your second is to love your wife, and yeah. then the third is to love your children Yeah. with that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it will change who they are and who they become yes. because they're experiencing this love. And you have to remember, fellas, uh, you may be the only Jesus that your wife and children ever see. Come on now. You know, I've got one final question for both of you. I wish we had more time. But today we're talking about how dads can lead their daughters to be overcomers as a go step, an action step. And what would you tell dads today out of all the pain and loss and shame and healing? And here you are, a world changer. What would you encourage dads today to do to lead their daughters to be overcomers? Okay, dads, it's simple. Um, Notice, be observant, watch your kids, watch your daughters, Um, be be aware of all of the things that that they're experiencing in this world, you know, through media, through, it's in our face, it's in our homes, and dads, just be aware of your children and your wife. And when you feel or sense that something is not okay, then be strong and courageous and do like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in the 21st century. Yes. And you can do this, but it's a conscious choice and a decision that you as the father of your home, you have to make that choice. And when you do, you will bless your family and you will pass on the blessing to the next generation. Okay, Jonas, you've got tears in your eyes. I got the same question for you. What do you want to encourage dads to do today? Well, uh, pretty much the same thing, you know, just to uh, be that conduit uh, to love unconditionally. And to, uh, I had a good friend of mine tell me years ago, he said, hug your daughters every day appropriately of course but they need to they need to be in touch yes there you hug go. your daughters every day and tell them you love them mm-hmm. and because you never know yeah if, you never if know that day may be I, your last uh, you know they need that yes. they need that security yeah i love uh, it and dads don't forget you have the god-given authority to do things in your home that you uh may not realize yeah but start using that authority in love yeah and it's not about being perfect it's about being good enough Mm -hmm. 
and God will honor your efforts. I love it. And how can people get a hold of you, read your books, find where they are, learn about the movie coming up? Sure, just get on our website, AuntieAnnBeiler.com, and uh, it's, it's all there. AuntieAnnBeiler.com. Spell your last name for everybody. Beiler is spelled B as in boy, E Edward I L. E-R. There you go. Excellent. Thank you so much to both of you for being here, for sharing your story, for being vulnerable, and for really speaking into the lives of fathers of daughters in a fresh way. Well, I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you dads to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. To find out how you can invite Dr. Michelle for your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com and click on the speaking tab. That's drmichellewatson.com. Dr. Michelle loves bringing practical insights she gleaned over the past few decades to audiences of teenagers, young adults, men's groups, or women's forums. Once again, go to drmichellewatson.com, that's drmichellewatson.com, for more information on the books, resources, and blogs that she has available. Remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield.